another episode of the SK Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, yeah, I'm the S, Steven. I'm just uh, munching on my uh, 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 my after-dinner snacks. Right, Hallett? Munching? Munching. It's, it's, a, it's a new routine we do whenever we record. We're going to munch before every routine or before every <laughs> podcast. It's still such a bad word. I don't like it. I don't like munching. But joined by the K, Hallett, as always. How you doing, Hallett? Good. Had a good weekend, and now we're here to talk about fantasy football. About a just a month good away. weekend. Wasn't a great weekend. I, well, for some of us, it was better than others. You did, everybody's pretty much <laughs> feeling it after uh, after a long weekend. We're not all as young as we used to be. That's true. Um, it definitely was a uh, difficult on the body. I am still um, feeling it. Oh, for sure. Legs, back, arms, everything hurt for at least a couple of days. But we're getting back to it. We're kind of back into the... Yeah, and for those that don't know, that, that didn't listen to the previous episode, we had our Hangover League Pick'em Weekend, which is the weekend where we, we had a combine to determine draft order. If you won the combine, you got to select your draft position. That's what we're referring to. We're tired from the football game mostly, and then we did a 43-cone bunch of fun stuff we got the the three cone and uh broad jump on tiktok we had some technical difficulties getting everything on there but overall it was a good time but yes uh some hamstrings were torn some knees yeah. were uh <laughs> done in um, there were some dudes out for the count there was there was some vomiting um involved after the football game it was it was intense um but we have we have our new segment, right? Our sort of new segment. What's the name, Hal? Yes. So we got we, a name. We went to the fans, and it came down to we're going to call this segment the Fast Five. So five topics, five minutes each, like we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Been doing pretty well with it. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. Fast Five. We're gonna, you know, we got, you know, family's all that really matters here. Uh, if we got family, <laughs> we can we can survive. So, yeah, let's <laughs> fast five. That was, that was a good one. Um, yeah, let's, what's, what's our five this week? All right, so our first one, so just for our agenda th- t- tonight or this week, uh, we're going to go through our five topics. We got Pick'em Weekend we're going to discuss, uh, where we decided to pick our favorite you know time of the week of um, Monday morning mocks. We're going to discuss... Uh, Mayburn's breakdown of how the Hangover League top 12 would go this year. Then we're going to talk about a couple of players, a couple of wide receivers, and Mikael uh, Hardman and CeeDee Lamb, how we kind of have them going this year. And then we're going to talk about some QB competitions in the NFL and how that's going to affect not only the quarterbacks, but also you know the fantasy players and the, on those teams. Uh, so, yeah, to start, we're talking about Pick'em Weekend, where you had a pretty good showing. I think you ended up winning – Second, is that correct in the point total? Uh, you don't win second. You finish second. I didn't win. I uh, did finish second. I could not out outperform uh, Clancy Parker, uh, beast that, that he was that weekend. But, yeah, pretty good second place. I'll take it. Yeah, and you ended up beating – what was the final call for the Chaz and Steven? Do we, know, do we remember what the final total was of the I think it was six. I think it was six to four. Six so it was, cl- it was so close. Um, uh, event-wise, it was close. I mean, he, he swept broad jump, and then I think he beat me in three-cone due to, uh, if you watch the TikTok, my, uh, I almost tore my PCL, MCL, and ACL um, on a turn. So, Yeah, 100%. The, the three-cone was uh, kind of, uh, <laughs> if you had cleats, if you had cleats, you were able to uh, take a little advantage. But, uh yeah, I I had a I called that I would win beer pong. That was my call, and me and uh, the MVP you of the football game, that. Corey, you did call that. Wow. ended up winning beer pong in the last event. So yeah, pretty good weekend. Uh, I ended up tying for third with uh, with Mason. My team severely let me down in the football game in flip cut. Well, we might have finished higher, but you know. We'll take that into the off season. Remember next year to I try to demand a trade when I got picked and it didn't work out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the 
We Chaz keeping the title of the broad jump. We had Mayburn win the quarterback competition. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else were kind of the outstanding moments that we weren't. Clancy full uh, sweep on a 43 cone and yeah. um, the punt pass kick competition. Oh, yeah, we had some controversy with the punt pass and kick about how we were measuring those. So, but I Yeah, think we had some cheaters. Was- we, everybody was kind of tired at the at the end there. We had Blaine tore or not tore, but he hurt his hamstring at halftime <laughs> of the football game, uh, so we, he wasn't able to participate in some of the events. But yeah, overall good weekend. We had a good showing, eleven out of twelve members, and you know no, no one you know had to go to the hospital, which was a win. That's always in a win. itself. Yeah, so looking forward to next year. Uh, where we, I guess, hopefully I get on a better football team and uh, we get some people that can play defense. But where we ended up getting to choose for our pick was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, so you had the second selection. Where did you end up choosing to pick? So Clancy obviously won, um, and he chose the 101. He wanted Christian McCaffrey. He wanted to remove all doubt of who, who he would have to be taking round one come draft time. I had the second choice, and uh, honestly, after a few uh, alcoholic beverages, uh, the choice was not clear (laughs) to me, um, and I decided to go with pick four. The reason being um, just that I guess I didn't have to have pick two or three or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten or eleven or twelve. So there was some talk, you know, at this moment that you were talking about picking pick six. You know, we, we had kind of talked about that pick. Earlier, yeah. what, what deterred you from picking that pick? So yeah, there was some thought about pick six. Um, ultimately, I didn't want the worst draft position um, in a, in a standard uh, snake, you know, draft. Uh, I decided I didn't I didn't want to harm myself with pick six um, in any sort of fashion. So I went pick four, which is clearly a better pick, a much better pick, um, the best of picks. Some would say the greatest pick ever. Um, but pick four, I, I guess I get one of one of the running backs that I want that I can anchor with potentially, or at least lead my team, and then I can get a uh, somewhat higher second round pick, um, somebody that'll fall to me. Uh, I've done some mocks and I like it; uh, it's pretty nice. But then, so Mason Mason went third and he picked pick three and gave you you know you you had the fourth choice and you chose what did you what did you go with? So I went with pick two. Uh, going into the weekend, I really wanted either, you know, uh, front, you know, front four pick, kind of like where you picked front four or back, you know, back two or back one, really. Uh, so ended up getting pick two, which I'm extremely happy with. Uh, you know, I feel like there's a tier there of the top two running backs, and then there's another tier of the other running backs. Uh, so I feel really confident. You know, Dalvin Cook there would probably be there in the first uh, for me. Uh, or CMC, but you know, we're, we're leaning towards Cook and that. And, you know, and even last week, I kind of hinted and talked about how maybe in the Santa League, I might even have Cook ahead of McCaffrey uh, season long. That's how he kind of ends up in my projections, at least. So I was big on you know getting that anchor running back, and then it gives me a lot of flexibility and that you know the, for the rest of the draft, where I can hit on some receivers, maybe hit on a more upside running back uh, later on. But yeah, I'm feeling I, I'm really happy with pick two. I, I think basically the draft comes down to uh, you either one of those top four or five, depending on what running backs you really liked, or you you wanted that back end where you can double up either at running back or grab a running back and receiver. So yeah, I'm I'm happy. I know you're pretty happy with that pick four. I think both of us are going to end up with probably similar uh, teams. Uh, just going to be dependent on who has the better of that. You know what I mean? Clearly, me. You've never, you've never beat me in Hangover League. Well, I mean, I'll have, I'll have the better running back as long as he's healthy. You might, and I think we'll end up having the same group of receivers. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, the outlook of Dalvin Cook this year, but hopefully, you know, you can decide. You got a tough position of deciding. Do you trust Barkley? You go with Zeke or Henry or even Kamara or Chubb. So there's a group of running backs there that you're going to end up having to pick from instead of just automatically knowing. Yeah, but it'll work out. Feeling a championship. 
You feel the championship? It feels good. What's next? That was five minutes. Next, fast five. Yeah, fast five. We're on. We're on it right now. You have Uh, to say it every time we switch. Fast five. Every every Monday uh, in our Hangover League for the last I don't even know how long, many years, Mayburn has created this Mayburn Monday morning mocks where he mocks what's going to happen in the draft or predicts what's going to happen in the draft. A lot of it is total bullshit. You know, you can't really trust Mayburn because he lies. <laughs> but it, it's pretty entertaining in itself because it's went from, you know, just telling you who you're going to pick to now it's gifts of players. And who knows what, you know, what the next uh, way this, this is presented to the people. Uh, so it was pretty standard. Like we said, you had Clancy picking CMC with the first pick. Uh, Dalvin Cook went second. Mason went with Zeke third with a big uh, hard knocks hype train that we talked about last week. Uh, Steven, you went Barkley. Uh, Corey went Henry. Chaz went Kamara at six. Mayburn got his guy Chubb at seven, who's not going to score any touchdowns, but you know, Mayburn wants him on his team because uh, smoke screen season. Jordan went with Jonathan Taylor, which I'm a lot higher on than you. And then Josh went with the first quarterback of Dak Prescott. Again, Mayburn hyping up the hard knocks. Uh, Blaine went with Aaron Jones, who he had last year. Ethan went with Tyreek Hill, the first receiver at pick 11. And then Malik went with David Montgomery, his uh, prodigal son that carried him to a championship last year, one of many players. Uh, So out of those picks where were you like Mayburn you're a complete dumbass but uh which besides one of those the Dak, besides the Dak Prescott bes- besides the Dak Prescott one I guess go to any of those other guys um uh, I guess you gotta go Dak Prescott and then David Montgomery is probably a little high there at uh, at the first um could David Montgomery play to that caliber sure but uh I think you got to read the room and realize that you don't need to take him there, but maybe you do. Hangover League is a it's a unique um, animal. Uh, that draft being a live draft and being at a bar, uh, there a lot of people make mistakes and a lot of people reach for their guys. Um, you know, even including myself. Uh, so it, things happen, um, and it's just in the heat of the moment. So it's it's one of those types of drafts, which I think makes it fun, makes it more intense. Um, but other than that, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's the first. It's the first Mayburn smokescreen. You you got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, several years Mayburn's totally. You know, if someone butchered. in your league is making a mock of the league members, <laughs> like in any scenario, in no, I don't know. It's super fun, but no way should you take any of it for any value. I think that I think I think the big thing is just to see how Mayburn might be valuing players because uh, sometimes he'll put a guy that's way too high. I remember last oh, two years ago he was putting up. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Chubb high, and then he ended up taking Chubb. So uh, yeah, I, it, it's fun. I, I'm with you, David Montgomery. Uh, he's right now probably ADP RB twenty. He he went in RB ten. Uh, that is, of course, the champion Malik picking him, whose big saying is "win with your guys." So, and Malik has had a win. He's the most winningest yeah. uh, member of the Hangover League since this podcast has been founded. <laughs> That's true. I, I, we need to check and see what his record is. It's, it's probably pretty well since we uh, started. He started listening to the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe we should, you know, get some credit for his great run. But yeah, we wouldn't recommend taking David uh, David Montgomery there, Malik. Uh, one of the picks that I was, besides the deck, that I was a little surprised, even though that's where I kind of have him ranked, was the Zeke pick at three. Uh, I know Mason's a big Cowboys fan, but I still, I, I think that uh, Henry, Barkley, or Komar it might be a little too tempting for him to take Zeke there. That was maybe a little bit of just presenting what Mayburn thinks is inside knowledge about something. What did you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess when you're putting through that, you're trying to, when you're making a mock, you're trying to imagine what that person would do. 
Um, so, I mean, at, at pick three, if CMC and Dalvin are gone, you just kind of weigh between. Um, and if, if you go on the hard knocks, you know, push and that we are a, a local local to the Cowboys league, um, it, it's easy to, to make that jump to three. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. We're, you know, I guess, about a month or a little over a month until it's, that draft. Yeah, it's officially redraft season. Awesome. Yeah, so so we, I'm sure we'll come back in a couple of weeks and look at where Mayburn's mocks have maybe turned. Uh, the next topic tonight is the Mikkel Hardman breakout season. He's getting a lot of hype this offseason because of his uh, – just the, how the roster kind of sets up. Did you call him Mikhail? What did I, what did like I a, say? Oh, did you Mikkel. say Mikhail? I might have said Mikhail like uh, – Like Kevin a Russian – oh, Kevin Mikhail. <laughs> But McCole Hardman, I, I have a professor. Uh, there's a professor at a, at my college whose name was Mikhail. That's immediately great. what I thought about, and he, he's Russian, so I don't know. That's that's fun. Great, great insight, uh, there, Stephen. <laughs> so uh, McCole Hardman, uh, he's the favorite right now for the number two receiver behind Tyree Kill. Uh, but there's just been some you know red flags with with him over the. Last few seasons, you know, last last year, Sammy Watkins was hurt, and he really didn't take that role like everybody thought he would. He was still used, you know, as a Tyreek Hill sub or a three-receiver slot. You know, uh, he struggles against man coverage. Uh, Matt Harmon on reception perception kind of presented that. And then, you know, Robinson and Pringle have both played more snaps when Watkins was out last year. So, Hardman isn't the safest pick, but I think his ADP is, you know, Somewhere in the you know RB or wide receiver forty range, so there, there's a lot of upside there to find that third guy behind uh, Kelsey and Hill in that offense. Uh, what what are your kind of outlooks on him this year? I think it, I think it, it's tough, right? Because you, you had Sammy Watkins last year, who who Mikol actually, you know, had more targets than uh, Sammy did. Sammy had 55 last year. Mikol has a uh, had 62. So um, going into his third season, you can only imagine that he's, you know, if you're hoping just on a normal player progression that they're improving each season, and we've had third year breakouts, um, the, the, it could be a, a season for him. Will he lead the team in targets? Absolutely not. He, and I think that's probably the 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 ceiling to him is that he's not going to beat out Kelsey or Hill, and Kelsey gets enough targets that you know if he was a receiver, then then we'd look at uh, McColl even less than we would at like Michael Gallup, uh, that type of lens. But I think if you're hyping Michael Gallup, like if you're aboard the idea of Michael Gallup, you kind of have to also support the Michael Hardman. Idea because if Kelsey or Hill goes down, it's football. People get hurt. McColl's the second second wide receiver option now. There's no Sammy in the way. Uh, he's better than uh, you know Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Cornell Powell. I mean, but those guys so, have played over him. Like we we do this. I feel like every year with him, and he's never he's never taken that jump. So we're kind of just sitting here waiting. If he doesn't do it this year, then. You I mean, know, he, it's, it's he had 560 yeah. yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that's, that's solid. Uh, I mean, but you, it, I mean, I had him in fantasy. You never started him in fantasy. No, like, you you can't. But uh, we, you said wide receiver 40 range. You're you're taking guys in that range. You're you're taking your shots, and you know, I I don't think it's a bad shot on a Chiefs offensive player. Um, I, I think I think he's looked on a little too harshly. Yeah, I think it's just kind of some somebody's been burned with him, you know, or two people have been burned with him at least in your league every year since he's come in. So, uh, but how many people are also comparing him to Sammy Watkins? Because the Sammy Watkins, like, but does you know, he play that? Bust. But does he really play that? I mean, you want pieces of this offense, and he is probably the easiest, legitimate, cheapest one of the options you can get. You know, out of Tyreek Hill and. CMC and or you know all all the uh, CEH, all those guys that are in that offense that it's it's hard to not jump at the opportunity to have a piece of this offense, especially at that at that price. Yeah, and uh, like I said, like I don't have him, 
I'm trying to find him. I don't have him doing anything crazy. Uh, any at any level of it, I'm trying to. So yeah, honestly, I have him at wide receiver 58 in my projections. So wide receiver 40 is probably too high. I, I yeah, just based on that, then I'll, I'll just shut up and say that it's it's too high. It's too high. All right, and then our last our last topic for the five on five uh, is it's kind of talk we talked about this weekend is the CD Lamb's draft stock right now. Uh, we Lord. both are we both are on the same you know page here of thinking why is it so high? He's let me check his ADP, but you know I've seen him go. We both seen him go anywhere from you know late second, third round in these best balls. Uh, you know usually a top ten to 12, you know, you draft him as your first receiver, you know, a wide receiver one. Uh, so tell us kind of about why you, why is it too high for him? Uh, besides the obvious reason that he's not the number one receiver on the team. Like I understand they took him in the first round. There's that draft capital at play, but people in what, in what, what scenario is Amari, is Amari Cooper going to just quietly go away? A player that is so good at separating and that has been proven Dak Prescott, you know, fan, you know, one of his favorite targets because Amari Cooper is wide receiver two through the, you know, four or five weeks that Dak Prescott played last season. The wide receiver two. So all these people that are super hyping up Dak Prescott and, and, and hoping and hyping up this Cowboys offense because of what they did in the four to five weeks before he got hurt. Why are they all of a sudden just ignoring what Amari Cooper did in those four to five weeks and just saying, well, I like CeeDee Lamb and he's young. I, I think they're getting Dynasty mixed up too much in that they're like, oh, this upside promising, you know, because he's young and whatever. Amari Cooper's 26 years old. He's yeah, still Amari got Cooper's plenty still of time. Yeah. He's still on a big deal. And you know Jerry loves his guys. Amari Cooper's getting the ball. They traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. So you want to talk about draft capital. They traded a first and they're paying him a ton of money. So they have more invested in Mari than they technically do in CD, and he's proven to to be efficient with Dak Prescott. There's just no – I would bet all the money I have or could have or, or anything that I'm <laughs> worth that Mari Cooper will, if healthy, played all the games, would outperform CD Lamb. Like there's, I, I, it blows my mind that people are ranking him above for redraft. Um, I, and I have CD having a good season. I have a wide receiver 20. So that's that's wide yeah. receiver two range. That's with and that's so close that if you got him a couple touchdowns here or there, could easily hop up to wide receiver fifteen. Like it, it should be looked in the same light of like the Rams with their two, um, with the Titans and their two receivers. Like it's two two receivers that easily are going to get a thousand yards and can get their stuff. But Amari's going to get the main touchdowns and he's going to get more targets. Yeah, uh, I mean the the draft the, the whole thing about the draft is you're drafting him at his peak. You know. There's little room for him to jump up, you know. Yeah, his higher ADP is thirtieth. As long so as you're as long him- as Cooper, yeah, as long as Cooper is healthy, <laughs> which you know that could be a thing. You know, there's already talk about how he's not fully back from his uh, injuries last year. So I mean, it is a possibility that you know Lamb is you know just the healthier of the two. Uh, but yeah, you're drafting him at the peak of you know. Whatever he right is, next to Michael know? Thomas, right next to yeah. Michael Thomas, there's it, which is crazy. crazy. So I mean, would I love CD Lamb and you know the fifth round, fourth round? Uh, yeah, but at this rate, you're not going to get him. You're going to have to spend a third round, uh, a third round pick early, maybe even fourth round pick if you're lucky to uh, have him on your team, and that just seems like a lot. And then we we haven't even got to the hard knocks hype. Oh yeah, you know, when he starts pushing the second round, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll completely say do not draft CD Lamb this year. Do not do it. So I mean, yeah, he's just getting drafted at his peak uh, range of outcomes, and so that's why I'm, I'm maybe off of him. But hopefully, maybe that pushes Cooper down a little bit, and you're able to get Cooper uh, to fall. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that's that's about five minutes on uh, CD Lamb. So we'll go to our main topic of the evening and. Quarterback competitions. So we have six written down here. We're going to try to get to just about every single one of them. But the uh, first one I got is the Bears. And we have Dalton versus Fields. We keep getting Nagy insisting that Dalton will be the starter, a week one starter. Uh, Fields was – they traded up for Fields. You know, he was pick 11. Uh, My outlook of it is – 
I think Field starts maybe not week one, but sooner rather than later. I know the the Bears play uh, the Rams the first week of the season, so maybe the Bears are smart enough to kind of hold off on on uh, throwing you know Fields to the presumptive best defense in the league uh, right off the bat. So uh, looking at you know the positional players there. For fantasy, uh, of course, if Fields is the day one starter, he's probably a top, you know, he's a late-round target for redraft, for sure. Uh, top 15 just off his rushing ability. Uh, you expect that. And then uh, I have Allen Robinson, as uh, which is another guy that is going behind C.D. Lamb. You know, I'm talking about, which is crazy to me. But, uh, yeah, Allen Robinson, I think he'll be fine with whoever the quarterback is. I think really maybe either one of will be the best quarterback he might have ever had. Sorry about Blake Bortles' truthers. But <laughs> but then after that, it kind of falls off because uh, and a lot of research has been done on rookie quarterbacks and how they really can only present uh, one fantasy reliable starter per year. We saw it last year with Allen Robinson, uh, so or receiving options. So, or not Allen Robinson, uh, Keenan Allen. So uh, I just I'm I'm kind of off of Mooney I'm kind of off of Komet uh, this year for pass catchers. So how do you think that affects Dalton or Fields, whichever one, for maybe Allen Robinson and uh, Darnell Moody? Uh, honestly, I don't think it affect either one. Uh, I think maybe where you see any any effect is maybe in uh, the average depth of target i'd say maybe justin fields is more willing to throw it down the field i I bet dalton would play it more safe as his game managing style um i think the real effect between dalton and justin fields is the rushing attempts and what that would do to david montgomery um and that it it would probably start to bring down his ceiling a little bit because justin fields did run the ball quite a bit at ohio state and but we but we've seen where you know rushing quarterbacks help the rushing game, so it, it's kind of hard. It's a crutch argument. We can go either way. With but they, they help the rushing game, but they do take it, it helps it in the sense of that it opens it up for them, so their yards per carry increases. But it does take away the attempts, so that difference almost makes it a mute point. But it limits their it limits their upside. It it does cap their potential because they're not getting every carry. If that makes yeah. sense. And then it yeah. does. It, it does. It, where it really hurts is rushing touchdowns because in the end zone now there is that threat of there's another guy that could get that rushing touchdown. It's the reason that there's no good viable option in the Bills' backfield because Josh Allen is the the end zone running back. Lamar Jackson gets ten rushing touchdowns. Kyler Murray gets ten rushing touchdowns. And if so they weren't running, yeah, if they weren't running quarterbacks, then James Conner would be a second round pick right now. Yeah. So I I I think it's uh, touchdowns you know, variant, hard to predict. So, uh, yeah, I think Fields and Montgomery, to be honest, I think really what hurts Montgomery is if Cohen is healthy or not. Uh, you know, we're still hearing reports that he might not be healthy. If, if he's not, then, you know, Montgomery does get that bump uh, that I don't think he'll produce like he did at the end of last year. But to say that, you know, I went from a guy that said he won't even be in the league this year, and now I think you know he's probably a little underdrafted, just because of the stability of what his role is in that offense. Uh, 100%, I think I think, I think I think I think it helps if Fields is just because I think the offense will be better. You know, I think the offense will be better with Fields than with Dalton, so I think that helps everybody in the offense. But yeah, I can I can totally understand maybe the resting you know capital of touchdowns might be decrease in percentage uh, if Fields is the presumptive starter week one. But, I mean, we both agree that Fields will be the starter at some point this year. The The plus side of Dave Montgomery is he's the clear-cut running back one, which that is a that is a gigantic advantage that, that people may look down on. And it, I've had to think about it, you know, in the sense of Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin of, like, am I too harsh on them? But I think their situations suck. David Montgomery is clear cut. Miles Gaskin's not, and I think Mike Davis is on the worst rushing team. But <laughs> I, I think David yeah. Montgomery is a little slept on, a hundred percent. That's for you, Malik, my champion. All right. So uh, our second competition, unless you have anything to add to the Bears competition, no, that's it. Justin Fields is a good uh, quarterback. Our second one is we're going to go with uh, the Broncos, 
And we got Bridgewater versus Locke, which is uh, unexciting, to say the least. Uh, to be honest, Bridgewater probably just the, the old saying of keeping the trains running on time. He's, you know, he is a probably top 30, 32 quarterback in the league. He's just that, you know, he's 30 or 32. He's not, you know, going to get you much higher. Locke has the upside long term, but man, it's becoming thin to really see it actually happen on the field. Uh, you know, last year was a little rough uh, if you if you watched a lot of Broncos games. Uh, if you had maybe Judy or something like that. So really the receivers, it comes down to we get Corton Sutton back. We got Jerry Judy there. Uh, those are the top two pass catchers. And then we got Fant. Uh, I believe that uh, this is probably one of the harder receiving cores for me to project of what happens. Uh, just because Tim Patrick is also there. Uh, KJ Hamler, who's going to be the third receiver. Uh, I think that will play a part. You know, if Tim Patrick is the third receiver, then Judy, that means Judy's probably playing more in the slot. If, you know, Hamler's the third receiver, that means Judy's playing more outside where he struggled last year. Uh, and then Sutton, who two seasons ago had 72 catches, over 1,000 yards, and six touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, whoever the quarterback is, I think probably for the offense, it's better for Bridgewater just because. We, we've seen him be able to get the players on his offensive ball the last few years when he is the starter. Uh, but Locke does have the upside for fantasy if you want to start one of these quarterbacks. I'd say if it's Teddy Bridgewater, that uh, Court Sutton value goes up. I think that they would – I think that Teddy – and Cortland's, you know, Cortland being as good of a receiver as he is, I think Teddy would rely on him sort of like he did with Michael Thomas um, in the New yeah. Orleans time period. So, I, I mean, that's that's also my opinion. That I think Cortland Sutton's clear and far better receiver than anything that Denver has. I'm not a I'm not a Jerry Judy uh, truther. Uh, I think he's extremely overhyped in the fantasy community. But yeah, I mean, he can't, he had 113 targets and 52 catches for 800 yards. And was 0 for 7 in red zone targets last year. So he struggled last year uh, mightily. I think a lot of that has to do with who was playing quarterback. So Drew Locke and all those guys. Uh, if he is in the slot, I think that helps him a lot. And I think that does. I think Bridgewater, we've seen Bridgewater be very successful last year with, you know, underneath guys uh, and Robbie Anderson and Samuel and stuff. He did struggle to throw the deep ball to DJ Moore. Sutton is a, is a bigger receiver. I wouldn't say he's better than DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is the better receiver, but uh, you know maybe that connection can uh, maybe Teddy can you know release a little bit. So I go back and forth if Teddy really does improve uh, Sutton. I do like Sutton. I, I think Sutton's the far better receiver too. I, I have that kind of projected in my tar- in my uh, projections. But I think Judy's out. Look, really determine is is he the third. Is he in that slot? If he's in that slot, I think he can be more successful, especially this year with Teddy. And then Fant. We didn't even talk about Fant. Uh, I think Bridgewater really boosts Fant. I think they that he would really be successful uh, with him than Locke. So I, as a fantasy guy, I'm hoping Bridgewater is the starter because I feel more confident in these weapons. than Yeah, than you, you'd feel safer week to week uh, starting yeah. them instead of being like, uh, here we go. Yeah, and then the running game, you have you know Melvin Gordon uh, and then Williams. Uh, if there's a chance for Gordon to get traded, maybe he – we just talked about Miles Gasson. Maybe he gets traded or cut and goes to Miami. I think that would be a great a great spot. Then Williams is looking you know, at a top 15, top 12 uh, workload, which we would love for fantasy. Uh, I just – if both of them are there, it's hard to draft either of them. Uh, unless you're just hoping Williams by the end of the year is the you know majority running back, I actually think Melvin Gordon is probably the better goal line back and better pass catcher, which are the two things you want in fantasy. So, uh, yeah, how do you think this backfield kind of ends up? Whoever the quarterback is, I guess it really doesn't matter. Uh, we're just kind of looking at the running backs here. Um. Yeah. Honestly, this is one of the hardest ones for me to project. <laughs> it just uh, it yeah. is. I mean, I'm, I'm, just st- don't know. Yeah. I'm still working on it. Um, this one, I'll, I'll have to get back to you on it. I, I will. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a <laughs> I'll take the easy way out and say I'll, yeah. I'll come back next week with a strong answer. 
I mean, I, I would love for Melvin Gordon to get traded to Miami as a fantasy. I think that would be better for him. I think that would be better for Williams. It would kind of clear up a muddy backfield or two kind of difficult backfields and kind of uh, make them both better, in my the opinion. O- my only opinion on it is regarding ADP and that Javante Williams should not be going ahead of Melvin Gordon. I think it's extremely uh, – I mean, Melvin Gordon had a very good yards per carry last year, and he had you know a good touchdown rate. Why would that change for Denver? I understand that they took Javonta Williams, but they took him in the third round. So it's not like they, they took him in the know, second. They took him in the second round. They tried second round. Um, that's right. Sorry, yeah. they they jumped over. Um, but I mean, Miami, like Miami that could taken. definitely be a move for the future because you know Melvin Gordon after this year is basically easy to get rid of, or right? Cut. So, I but mean, it, it I, doesn't I think, mean that they're going to do it this year. You know exactly. Like, I think Melvin Gordon, like you said, is getting underdrafted. I think. I think his ADP is like RB thirty four or something crazy. Which I mean, you can get him in the seventh round, and again, yeah. it's, a, it's a it's an RB one that you know it's not as clear cut as Dave Montgomery, but it is an RB one that you can grab. So like, if you're an anchor running back guy, you know you get CMC or Dalvin Cook, and you wait a couple rounds and grab James Conner, Melvin Gordon, and you know Damian Harris. I mean, that, those are just, yeah. one of those guys is going to hit. And, and, I mean, we saw last year with the uh, Bridgewater and when he was with the Saints, he loves to throw the running backs. So, I mean. And Melvin uh, Gordon gets catches. He does. That's what I'm I saying. Mean, I think Melvin Gordon is the better receiver back right now between him and Williams. I think Williams will eventually be a good, you know, at, at better at those things maybe than Melvin Gordon. But everybody kind of, you know, poo-poos on what Melvin Gordon is. He's a really good NFL running back. You know, he's had a very solid career, and he's not too terribly old. It's not like, you know, he's – Right no, he's. On, tw- yeah. I think he's twenty eight. So I mean, yes. like, so I mean, I, I think, I think, really, if the only thing you worry about him is injury, or you know, towards the end of the year they decide, hey, we're kind of out of it. Let's see what this our second round pick can can really do down the stretch. Like we did see a lot of running backs, you know, uh, last year not really catch on. Acres, Taylor, you know, Dobbins really didn't catch on until that later half of the year, and I, I, I expect that same type of thing to maybe happen with uh, Williams this year. But then, I mean, it would suck to have him all year on your bench. Basically, you're having to draft him as a starter, and uh, yeah, yeah, and and that's the that's my beef with it is that you're taking him in the seventh round, and man, four weeks into it, you could be really regretting that. Yeah. So uh, our next one, uh, a little bit more uh, fantasy relevant than the last ones. We're not really starting Bridgewater Lock and fantasy is Winston versus Taysom Hill. Uh, we both kind of have different in our projections here. Uh, you had Taysom Hill of t- kind of taking over the quarterback position as a whole. I kind of lean towards Winston with Hill still being sprinkled in there, you know, as he was with uh, Drew Brees. So, uh, I don't, I don't think there's any way Hill isn't involved at all. You know, he's going to be involved in the offense in some way. Uh, but if Hill, you know, if Hill plays, I, I think he's a scary top twelve. Running uh, receiver or not a top twelve quarterback because of his rushing ability. Uh, even if he can't throw worth a lick, you know I think just his upside as a rusher. But even if Winston is the starter, I don't even think he breaks top twenty five as a quarterback just because Hill is going to be mixed in there. Uh, so tell me why you think Hill? You lean Hill on why he starts over Winston? Um, I mean. <sighs> So I have him with a little more attempts. I really split him in in, in in Winston ideally so that for my mentality I could project the receivers equally and not feel like I'm leaning one way because, oh, I think Jameis might play. So I'm trying to get a, a balanced idea of how I feel about the, the target shares. If I had to bet on the quarterback situation, which I wouldn't, and I wouldn't take any of these quarterbacks in redraft um, unless like they just fell to me super late, I might take – a flyer on one, so that's I have that's, some I have some taste him in best ball just because he's late and the potential of him you know, and, and starting at some point, you know, that's fun. Um, yeah. But like like for for redraft leagues, I, I wouldn't take either. Um, so for my projections, I just did it you know more split just so I can get a good idea for the receivers, which I, I you know Michael Thomas, I, I want Alvin Kamara, I want. Uh, I so think how, it's Taysom just because have, we saw him. Yeah. We saw. How do you kind of like, have those guys projected? Uh, which I mean, 
it basically comes down to Kamara and Michael Thomas in that offense. Uh, you're not really uh, looking at anybody, anybody else. Maybe Adam Shaheen or you know Latavius Murray as a handcuff, but Kamara and Thomas, you know, with you splitting them, how did you end up having them in projections, or where do you kind of have them ranked? Uh, I mean, I got Thomas, uh, easy wide receiver one, Kamara, top five running back. Uh, and then Troutman, I guess, is the wild card. He could easily be that third guy, um, it, you know, between him, Trey once with Marquez Callaway. But that third guy in the Saints offense, you know, never really does much. Again, that's been with Drew Brees, though, so it's hard to really – uh, tell with that but even with Taysom Hill when he played he seemed to so heavily rely on one guy I don't know if that's the offense still figuring out how to work with Taysom and still getting a, you know a good feel for him but you yes. know the the plus side to Troutman is the touchdowns you know that he could be that tight end big target to help you know when Michael Thomas is getting doubled in the end zone um, and if this if you believe in the Saints and you believe in this offense and they'll be a good football team then you believe they'll score points and the you know Troutman could get five, six, seven touchdowns, and it could make him a a low end wide a tight end one, which he's going super late, so he could be a nice flyer. Yes. So Thomas with Hill starting four games last year, he had twenty seven targets, which was outpaced just about everybody on the team. Uh, he went nine for one hundred four, four for fifty, nine for one hundred five, eight for eighty four, but he had no touchdowns in that span. Uh, so I mean the numbers aren't bad there, as you know. He, he was coming off an injury to those weeks that when he came back. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's he's getting drafted, you know, in that back end of a wide receiver one, early wide receiver two. And, you know, I think he's a top eight, top, you know, top ten wide receiver easy just because there's nobody else there and you know whoever the quarterback is. It, it, maybe it's Winston, maybe it's Hill, that they're going to target, you know, give him the ball. I think his out, outlook maybe even improves without – I know it's crazy – Without Drew Brees, because you know Drew Brees kind of fell off the last couple of years, uh, maybe you know Thomas can get more. He's not going to necessarily get those deep routes, but if he can get those intermediate routes uh, and really increase his you know yards after uh, catch, I think you know the sky's the limit for him. He's a good receiver. We've kind of everybody's kind of poo pooed him for being you know slot slot boy, but or slant boy. But I think his skill wise is. As you know, as good as any other receiver in the league, and then Kamar is just a super talent. Uh, it's hard to keep him out of the top five of running backs. Both of their their guaranteed floors make them make their ADP or their value wherever you get them automatically plus because they're just they're so safe uh, with yeah. what the, what what you can project them and what they'll get. It's very safe. It's just going to be who gets the you know the touchdowns, which they're yeah. going to get touchdowns and they're the only two, so they're going to get them. Um, I, I definitely put them just as safe as the DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, you know, Hopkins. Yeah. I mean, he's right there. Uh, You know, I, I would, I think, I think Michael Thomas might even be safer in his range of outcomes than Kamar, uh, is whoever the quarterback is. Uh, I think Kamar does take a hit if Hill is the quarterback, uh, just because, he was going to run the ball, uh, and like we kind of maybe you you talked about with Fields, uh, I think it does end up hurting Kamar in the long run. Maybe How he you can't do that? You can't say but, it mean, one but, way and then not the but other. Maybe, but we've seen it with Hill. That's the thing. We've seen it with Hill, and you've seen um, Hill target the hell out of Kamara. Six, and I, six. But I mean, Kamara. This go when his four starts with Hill's four starts. He was RB twenty six, RB thirty six. RB6 and RB9. So, I mean, he's still RB1. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to be RB1. But maybe that, you know, top three, top four running back, weekly running back like we were seeing with Breeze isn't there. You know, I think he ended up being a lot of people's league winners uh, last year. So, I I think he does take a little bit of a hit with, with Hill. Yeah, I mean, when you're taking the range that he's going, it's just preference on running back. But like I said, I, I think they're both very safe in what they'll get. Yeah. And but I, I mean, I would love Hill because I think Hill does actually give you quarter, quarter ability to start uh, one of the quarterbacks. I don't think you're going to feel confident and even I mean maybe two quarterback leagues, but single quarterback leagues, I'm not starting James Winston. 
I might start Taysom Hill in, in a one quarterback league if he's named the starter. Uh, I, I don't plan on having either. Uh, just, just stay away. If, if Jameis becomes a starter, you know, still wait and see how it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not drafting. I'm, I'm, you're not going to end up drafting any of either of them. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, you, you, we won't know until, you know, the first snap of this season <laughs> before who it really is that started. And even then, I can imagine them running Taysom Hill out there for the first play and then Winston playing the rest of the game. You know, who knows? It's probably going to end up being a headache unless Winston's just as, you know, bad as he was with the Bucks, which, which is a possibility. Uh, the next quarterback uh, competition we're going to talk about, which is dear to my heart, is the 49ers. You have Trey Lance versus Jimmy G. Uh, I still believe that Lance starts sooner rather than later. I'll, I'll keep go, I'll keep I keep drafting him in best ball, and with that belief. And if he ends up being the starter, I mean he's a he's a top ten option just with uh, the re- the receivers, the running backs, the offense. His rushing ability, I think that gives you top 10 upside at the quarterback position. Jimmy G uh, doesn't. So I would love if by s- somehow that Trey Lance is the week one starter. Uh, how do you feel about, you know, maybe Jimmy G kind of easing in Lance before they totally commit to him? Uh, you know, the uh, every week that goes by, the more and more I feel like Trey Lance is going to play him 16 17 games i don't know i just i just think, i just look at jimmy g and i'm like man that guy's so stale <laughs> and and kyle feels like I, I just feel like they all feel like he's stale they don't you don't give up what you gave up to get him if you like i understand that you know they whatever they came out and asked you know management or you know the ownership like hey we still want to keep jimmy here i I think that's more so to smooth over relationships with Jimmy and keep the entire entire internal department, you know, smooth and happy. But I, I think that the first team that needs a quarterback, Jimmy gone ASAP. Yeah. And I think I think, you know, Trey Lance they'll they'll slow play this. Trey Lance if he has a good you know, preseason training camp, like it, he it's his. I mean that that's how I believe. I believe this offense is going to take off this year. I mean this is this team could easily be in the Super Bowl in a few months with, you know, with you know, it could be with Jimmy G, but I believe with Trey Lance, uh they will have one of the most potent offenses in the league just with who they got at, you know, they got Kittle at tight end. They got a uh Ayu Debo, uh, you know, a running back they have Sermon most I mean just the offensive line's really solid. They have probably one of the best offensive minds as their head coach. I I think if Trey Lance, like, and I keep saying, I think Trey Lance starts, he's going to be a fantasy, you know, superstar. Uh, how do you, if he does start, though, this is where we kind of get in, you know, uh, thinking about how the rest of that offense turns out. They probably, they'll they go run heavy. you got to imagine, you know, they'll they're go run heavy. They're already pretty run heavy. In NFL terms, how does that affect maybe Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo for you, the three basically receivers that you? How would that affect maybe your outlook of what you have right now with maybe Jimmy G kind of easing in and Lance maybe getting eased in into the offense? Honestly, it doesn't change a whole lot of anything for me, because um, because I wouldn't know which way to lean. I could make an argument that it takes away from Debo's usage because. They won't need him as much to get that ball uh, moving in the backfield. Uh, I could also make the you know argument that it would make Kittle less useful because they might you know hold hold him on the line more. I I, I think I don't think it changes anything for me. I think where it changes is um, it, it makes me even less wanting a San Francisco 49ers running back, which I already don't want one for redraft. But if Trey Lance was immediately announced starter, I would just – I'd block all 49ers running backs from even being on my team, from being possible to be on my team. So I'd put a fil- kinda, filter on my phone. So kind of looking at those uh, receiving targets, you got Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. I think Kittle, I mean, just because he's a tight end, he, I still have Waller ahead of him. But, uh, you know, he's still going to be top three. Just because, you know, he can make a big play. And he's always had terrible touchdown luck. If you go look at, you know, 
for as good as we think he is, he, he can't, for some reason, down there in the red zone, score touchdowns. Uh, it's just crazy. Ayuk is the one that maybe I think gets hurt the most because I think he's the best receiver on the team. And, you know, I am I was really high on Ayuk, you know, not too long ago. And I've kind of tempered that down a little bit uh, just because I'm not sure if Lance can support Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo, plus be, you know, I think he'll it'll be great for uh, for Lance, uh, just because he'll have you know weapons that can make plays. But for fantasy, I don't know if Ayuk makes that jump from you know. I mean, he had wide receiver one numbers last year, but that was because of injury. I don't know if he makes that jump where he's getting drafted. You know, now as a you know back end wide receiver two, uh, if he makes that jump to wide receiver one this year. But I do the, think he has the potential too. The hard part about Ayuk and Debo is. He, Either one, you're not like. I guess you're more willing to start Ayuk week to week, but either either one, you're you're having to think about. Like neither one of these guys, besides Kittle, Kittle's the only person on this offense besides, I, I you know even Trey Lance. I think Kittle's the only person on this offense you're guaranteed to start week to week. Um, Ayuk and, and Debo, you'd have to look at matchups. I would and say what that defense is doing. Yeah. If 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 you're say drafting what? today, if you're drafting today, Kittle's the only one that you feel. Is- confident starting in but if we get into the you know week to week game that you you're going to be pretty confident in starting lance just because he can run the ball and i mean that's what you're looking for in in a, a quarterback if he can get you 40 50 yards and he right. has all these weapons oh man i mean here that's golden for quarterback. but there's like 16 18 quarterbacks you're comfortable starting week to week yeah exactly I mean, exactly you know so uh, quarterbacks to me, it's like if you're outside the top five, then I don't consider you like a, an absolute must start. Like there, there are situations I, I would hesitate on Trey Lance, just especially being a rookie. I'd be like, I want to see it before I play him against the Rams and, and watch Aaron Donald. And, and you would have missed out on Justin Herbert last year. You would have missed out on you know RG three that year. You would have missed out on Luck that. Year. I mean, sometimes you that's, gotta, you got to. That's all right. You got to take that jump and trust it. Uh, it doesn't pan out every time, so I'll, I'll take I'll take my misses, I guess. All right, and then you know you can you can continue to doubt Trey Sermon. That's fine. We're, we're over here on the Trey Sermon bandwagon, uh, so we'll, we'll take we'll take up I, all the. I, I would not Trey feel Sermon comfortable for. playing drafting Trey Sermon, especially at his ADP of like seven, eight. I, I don't know. I understand Mostert's going to get hurt. I understand Trey Sermon. I got Trey Sermon getting 150 carries. Oh, I like I like Mostert too. I like both the running backs. I think they Lance can, I, is going to run the ball. So where where are you, Hal? Lance won't hurt Sermon in this in this effect like David Montgomery, but it'll I, hurt. I, I want I want Kyle I want Kyle Shanahan's running back. You just got to figure out which one it is per week. And that's not want, a game I want to play. That's not a game you want to play. I mean, it's fun when, when they're hitting. They're, it's fun when you're hitting. All it's right, fun so for best ball. Yeah, that's true. It, it is It is a lot easier, less of a headache. Uh, we'll talk about – we've got two more, but we're really only going to talk about one more. And the Patriots, uh, you got uh, Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Uh, everybody's saying it's legit competition between the two. Uh, you know, We're both Cam apologists. We do like Cam, but uh, – Looking at this offense, uh, I hope it is Jones week one, just because I think it helps the run game. I think uh, Damian Harris, if you still think Sonny Michelle is going to be there, uh, Stevenson, the running back they drafted, I think it helps them because they do get touchdown uh, that they so, wouldn't if Cam if Cam was so the you, starter. You think it's Mac Jones week one starter? I hope so. Hope so. Or I hope so. so. I hope, hope so. I think. I think so. I think if Cam's shoulder is falling off like it did last year, if it's still like that, there's no way. There's no way he's the starter. As I much think, as I, I love Cam. I think love, week one, as, it has to be Cam. You can't not start Cam. I mean. I know, uh, but I'm just saying, if they get into camp and his shoulder is still gone, like, they have to. Like, okay. But that's, that's a big, I mean, that's an if that we can't. Like the right now, you'd say is better. You'd say Mac let's just, Jones. Let's just, you don't let's even just, you don't know that the offense would be better with Mac Jones. 
Their oh, offense yeah. was we fine. Saw, we saw it with Cam. It wasn't fast. They ran the ball, and he ran it into the It doesn't have to be line. fast. They weren't trying to be fast. But it wasn't good for fantasy. And I'm I'm talking about fantasy here. It isn't, James White is useless if Cam is the starter. I mean, the receiver is already probably the lowest drafted receivers with Nelson Aguilar, Bourne, Myers. Who knows if Harry's going to still be on the team. John and, and uh, Henry. Uh, I mean... If Cam's the starter, you're not drafting any of these guys. You might. I would feel them. I'd feel comfortable with Hunter Henry with Cam. I would not feel comfortable with any of the any of the Patriots receiving options with Mac Jones. I think I think it helps with I think it, Nelson Aguilar is at least a guy you can put on your bench if Mac Jones is the starter. I mean, sure, but how do you know it won't be Jacoby Myers? Uh, you know, like. I know. I mean, how, I, we we both like Jacoby Myers too. How do you know it will be just, Kendrick Kendrick Bourne? Like, uh, I don't you know. Don't, but that's the whole point. Then you're getting them for nothing. You're getting them for nothing. You get. I mean, you're getting free basically. Like, but what's what's their is their ceiling even high enough to be a flyer? Like, I think Myers. I mean, we saw last year where he was you know startable just off the targets and catches he was getting. I think we saw it last year with Nelson Aguilar. I mean. Where he was on a different team, yeah. But I mean, th- he's going to have the same role. He's going to be a deep ball threat. Does he? Does he make those deep ball catches? You know, that's that's the whole difference. If he makes them, you know, then then he's probably having a good season. If he misses on a some, you know, he's we're calling him. You know, oh, they paid too much money for him. But you know, he's filling that role in that offense that they they haven't had. They didn't have that last year, and I don't think Cam has the arm strength to do that in the offense anyways. Yeah, I, I don't know. You, I mean, even you saying Myers was was startable. He had ten points, thirteen points, twenty nine points, seventeen points. That was his best stretch. Six. He 10, had zero touchdowns. Three, he still doesn't have a yeah. I mean, eight, it's, it, 16, he never had any touchdowns. Eight. I'm not. I, I, I don't know. It's it, it, you're paying nothing. I'd rather pay nothing on other guys that could be on better offenses, you know, and that they that either of the quarterbacks presents a better option than Mac Jones or Cam Newton. I don't know. Damien Harris and Hunter Henry, the only two Patriots I think about, just personally. Um, if if Mac Jones is, is is the starter, I think James White becomes in play. And sure, maybe. I mean, we've only seen James White re- really useful with Tom Brady. I mean, you so can say you that know? about the the whole the whole. You, Bill Belichick has only been good with Tom Brady. I mean, you're. you're um, I mean, projecting so far that. that's so so far that's fair, but I I don't know. I, I I'm not I'm not taking any any of the Patriots outside of those two. I'm not even as flyers. Like I just I, the ceiling doesn't seem like it's it's worth it. I couldn't I couldn't justify it anyway. There ha- there'd be other players somewhere that I'd be like I'd rather I'd rather try that try that offense. We'll see. I mean, I I agree. I'm not. T- I probably have let little to none of any of these players. Maybe James White, just because I think uh, uh, Mac Jones does start at some point. But uh, unless, like you said, something comes out in camp and it's Mac Jones and he's, you know, he's really flinging it and he's he's throwing it to Nelson Aguilar. But God, this offense is gross. No matter either either way. I mean, they're they're going they're they're zigging in a way of the NFL where you know they're going to focus on the run game. They're going to have play two tight ends. They're going to, uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar is going to be out outside for deep play action. I mean, you know what they're going to do. They're just trying to when every defense is going, you know, basically a, you know, as many DBs on the field as they can have. They're going to try to you know pound the rock and you know play action kind of what the titans are doing just not as good they don't have as good players but you get what i'm saying they're they're going in that mold of a offense so uh, i just i think i think it fits better if 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 mac jones is the starter i love cam i freaking love cam but i just uh, it don't sound like you love him i think i think he's his arm fell off we i mean he his arm fell off steven like, it's all right. We've talked enough. We've talked enough about Cam Newton. Yeah, apparently be the last time we talk about him on the podcast. To be honest, so we love you, Cam. Uh, last one, our favorite offense. Where I'm getting pieces of. Actually, I actually have a lot of this player. Uh, the Texans. 
and you have uh, really no have, one no one knows one. what Watson's gonna do. But we have the Tyrod or Tyrod Taylor versus David Mills. Uh my notes for this is don't touch the offense besides maybe Brandon Cooks if he's the fortieth receiver off the board. So it's okay so, for you to make that note about the Texans, but I can't I can't say that about the Patriots. And it's like the same just, situation. It's two gross giving, starters giving, versus two gross rookies. I was giving, uh, you know, upside to maybe, you know, a value of where you can get, you know, you're paying nothing in best ball leagues. I, I don't see an outcome where this offense is, besides maybe Brandon Cooks, giving you any value. Well, Brandon Cooks is, you can get him for pretty cheap, and you can get Nico Collins for oh, pretty cheap. I, I have a lot of Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks is probably my third or fourth most owned best ball receiver. He's going. I, he's going. He's going like ridiculously low. So is David Johnson. Wants, and at, the, uh, at some point, at, at some point, David Johnson's a value just because he. I mean, he's he's he proved everybody wrong last year. As much as people don't want to admit it, he's still serviceable, and he can still catch passes. So I mean, he's still going to be somewhat useful, and you can get him at in the ninth round. I mean, he's, I think, the cheapest out of every starter. Exactly. You know, so, I mean, RB1. It, it, we keep saying that we point, talked about it with David not? Montgomery. Yeah, we talked about it with David. I mean, he is the cheapest of the RB1s uh, on teams that you can you can get. So, I mean, there's going to be value there at some point. Uh, but Mark Ingram signed there. Phillip, I do like Philip Lindsay. I wish Philip Lindsay actually went to a better team, to be honest. Uh, you know, maybe there's potential there if, David Johnson goes goes down that he can have a role, and then of course I love Rex Goathead, but this isn't this isn't anything to uh, look forward to in this offense, to be honest. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's going to be Brandon Cooks. You're hoping for you know garbage time in the fourth quarter where they just throw the ball five times to him and he scores a touchdown. Yeah, that's literally what it's going to be every week. So it's not going to be fun to watch. But yeah, that, that's all our quarterback competition. Uh, I think we we talked on basically the six. Lots of them are rookies, as you can see. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to touch back on to some of these and see how it improves or disproves our beliefs of how different quarterbacks affect their weapons. It it is a gross gross subject. I hate all the QB battles. <laughs> and to be honest, the really the only. I mean, we know Fields is going to start at some point. I mean, Bridge and Locke is not very exciting. Really, Winston Winston and Hill is the most exciting one uh, coming into coming into camps here at the end of the month. So, uh, yeah, that's the only one I really, besides the rookies, that's the only one outside of those ones that I have a lot of interest in for fantasy. Is that uh, is that is that all we had on the slate? That's it. That's all we had for 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 this week. That was a good good episode. Nice uh, gross QB battles. Um, yeah, we we got to talk about a few players and it, it sucks because you you got to talk you got to talk about them because you just at some point you got to look at them. They're players that you you could end up drafting, but it's just it's so gross. Yeah, I, I mean they got to be on somebody's team. They have to yeah. be on somebody's team because they just. They're, they're, I mean, there's a reason why they're in a battle because you may maybe if both of them aren't very good. So you know, right? When when you're looking at it, you know, sometimes it's not the prettiest thing. We don't have you know, we don't have the days of you know two big time quarterbacks going at each other on the same offense like we used to. But it, I mean, it's important to do that because you know when you're looking at players in that offense, it you know makes a big difference. Uh, on who you know who the quarterback is, as we yeah, I, th- I think the the Bears situation is the most a- anticipating because I, I think I, I think it would just be more exciting uh, the difference in those two quarterbacks, Dalton versus Justin Fields, um, yeah. and and you know what that could do for the Bears offense. I think the rest of them, I mean, I think the Saints. I think it's going to be a good offense either way, and then the the Patriots. I, I think it's going to suck either way, and I think the Texans <laughs> is going to suck either way. So yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how they lay out. Uh, I mean, you heard it here first. Trey Lance starting week one. We, you know, we got that. Uh, uh, it just has to be right. It has to be like he has no, to, he'll, nobody he'll wants start. to play Jimmy G. 
He'll I'm start. Gonna, if it's not week one, he'll start. He'll be starting by week three. Forty like, ers don't even want Jimmy G. Like, I mean, Forty ers fans. Sorry, they, I mean they wouldn't even want Jimmy G. I don't think Jimmy G even wants Jimmy G. <laughs> yeah, once you see Trey Lance in practice, they're gonna be like, all right, we'll we'll, we'll take our chances with the rookie quarterback who hasn't. Yeah, the first time year. he takes off for sixty yards, they're they're gonna yeah. look at Jimmy and be like, can you do that with your bum knees? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, excited. No, but I can I can check down to Kittle. I can throw a sweep oh. to Debo. That's it. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, come at us with some some ideas about what you want to hear us talk about. I know uh, we might talk about you know second year receivers. We we need to t- kind of talk about that. We kind of talked about CD Lamb, but there there's a bunch of receivers. Judy, we talked about a little bit that. You know, the second year breakout receivers seems like like you talked about the third year. That's kind of maybe the new third year is the second year. So, uh, and there was a bunch of receivers, you know, drafted in the first two three rounds that disappointed last year and what their upside is. So maybe we'll hit on that next week. Uh, Steven, good luck, and we'll talk to you later. Bye everybody. Peace out.